Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Sister Radio. I am so excited. If you're first time, or you're listening live, or you listen later, this is going to be a good show. Today we have Trina Harmon on the show with us, and um, I can't even begin to say anybody who's been listening for a long time has heard me quote Trina Harmon and reference Trina Harmon, and so now you'll get to actually <laughs> be acquainted with the amazing and fabulous transformational coach and um, creative author and um, just all-around kind of badass chick, <laughs> Trina Harmon, on the show with us. And Trina, I'm sure you're called in right now. I just wanted to give you a heads up that I'm uh, rebooting something. It's not a true tr- sister radio show if there's not at least one technical difficulty. <laughs> so I'm pulling stuff up. Um, but I just wanted to say to everybody, um, especially since I know we're going to have some new people listening, welcome to Sister Radio. Sister Radio is all about tolerance, all about love, all about moving forward and bridging gaps. And I think that this topic today that we're talking about, um, how to love when you're angry, is so important, so timely, because without this conversation, how can we possibly move forward? I mean, look at the state of our country. (laughs) Look at the state of um, even just going on social media. Relationships are just being torn apart by the current political climate. And so, um, yeah, we're we're ready to dive headfirst into this on Sister Radio, and we're committed to bridging that gap and having this dialogue, and this is such a broad topic. We can really go into it, Um, but as I'm pulling things up, I just want to encourage everyone who's listening, if you're uh, feeling kind of angry and upset about whatever it is that has kind of uh, gotten you wound up, you're not alone, and we're going to get through this, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do it together, and so... Trina, I'm I'm coming over, <laughs> coming over to you. Okay, here we go. I'm I'm coming over to you, Trina. Okay, Trina. Hello. Hey, Trina. I got you. I got you. Hey, you got me. <laughs> hey, I got you. Oh my goodness! Yay. You know, it's so funny because I can almost guarantee you that, like, every other sister radio show I've ever done, I've totally used a Trina line. <laughs> and, oh, my and goodness. So I feel like That's... people already kind of know you as far as sister radio listeners. So this is an exciting time for, for all of our viewers. Well, so that great to so have much. you on the Thank show. Thank you. It's the sister yeah. radio Trina Harmon show. I love it. I don't have to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, you just got to be you. I mean, we definitely yeah. want you to share some of your gems because you've got yeah. some good stuff. I just wanted to also say a quick side note. Um, you've known me since I was 15. I'm 25 now. Yes. So that's 10 years wow. of you being in my life. <laughs> wow. And, um, and something I just, like, have to share, like, you gave me the biggest revelation of, of my life, which was your inner reality reflects your outer reality. And um, mm-hmm. that's kind of like the foundational revelation of my whole life. And so 
I'm really honored to have you on the show. This is, feels like very full circle. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, and can you just share with everyone listening a little bit about you and your work and your passion? Oh, my. Well, um, yeah, I mean, I've, what I do is, is a little difficult to explain, but I do transformational coaching and healing work um, for people in all areas of their life. Uh, but I actually began my my career as a professional songwriter. And uh, after uh, a good 20 years or so of that, um, you know, I began just really being caring even more for people's lives uh, in the entertainment industry than I did getting another song on their records, you know. And so it was just kind of this really natural uh, transition um, as I – seek for, for help for myself, it was very difficult to find. And um, so I, I began doing this work for myself and then just haphazardly began doing it for others. I think I met you at an entertainment expo for young singers and actors and, and models. Yep. And, um, yeah, and that's where it began. I, I was just going to help people on the side, you know, in, in the entertainment industry um, while I continued writing, but man, there was such a need and such a void uh, for this kind of transformational work that um, it ended up taking over full time. So that's what I do now, and uh, I, I do speaking around the country, and and I write a lot. I write a lot of blogs. I'm working on a book, and um, just released a, an app, a mobile app, which I'm really excited about. So yeah, that's yes, that's, uh, so primarily what I do in in a. <laughs> In a short bit there. <laughs> yeah, that's a really short bit. I'm amazed that you could so eloquently put that in like a 20-second sound Thank bite. you. <laughs> it's like the hardest question you could ask me, by the way. Thanks for starting on that one. What do you do? Well, you got to like it. explain you gotta God. Gotta <laughs> Basically, I, yeah, I witness miracles every day. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's so yeah. cool. And it's kind of funny because – I feel like even the show title is How to Love When You're Angry. I think really the show title or the underlying feeling is like how do we create a miracle with love? So it's encouraging that you see miracles Mm. every day because that's really, I I think, what we need most right now. And so it's exciting. Um, I want to – I was going to like kind of go into this after my first like talking point, but I just kind of want to ask because I feel like it's a good fit talking about your work. How do you feel like – your work has prepared you for right now and this just kind of all out upheaval of, you know, whether it's relationships or beliefs and, and just kind of upset. How do you feel like your work has like prepared you like on a personal level on a, you know, on a level of taking care of others and helping others? Oh my, well, I will tell you, you know, I think just like anyone, when we begin something that we're passionate about, we begin with the words, I'm so ready, <laughs> right? I'm just, I'm ready. I know I am. I'm ready to be on that stage singing, or I'm ready to get myself out there. I'm ready to start coaching and take on a whole roster of clients, you know, and, and I think we all begin that way, and, and maybe we must, but I'll tell you, I've been doing this work for 13 years, and even in just the past gosh, six months, I have found myself getting more and more and more ready. And, you know, I I always say being ready is is not something we can really um, control, but we must just continue getting better. 
and continue listening to what is coming and continue evolving and continue growing. And that is what my life has been doing this work. Um, there, you know, I don't do a, a particular process or a method. My work is very intuitive and, and it changes, it evolves. My abilities to help people heal on a deep cellular level, um, being able to do trauma release work uh, that literally helps shift the DNA, the cellular memory in which people are charged through where they've been traumatized in the past or those belief systems, you know, those beliefs that stick in your head and kind of alter the way that you see your relationships or the way that you see life happening to you. And um, uh, in order to shift those, I had to shift those for myself. In order to help people, I had Mm -hmm. to do it for myself. And just when I think I got it, there's more. And then I think, oh, now I really got something. And then there's more. And so for me, I think it's just been about continuing to evolve. And just like everyone else, as everyone else's, you know, deepest um, traumas or their deepest kind of fractures in their own belief system or their own broken hearts are really coming up to the surface right now. No one on this planet can really avoid (laughs) um, what is going on in their inner self right now. That's how high the consciousness is and how high awareness is whether they understand it or not it is coming up for everyone to take a look at and the good news is it's coming up to be deleted it's coming up to be healed not a lot of people know how to do that and so that's that's the part that I play um but for me you know the way I've been prepared for this is is I've continued healing and you know spirit sends me just beautiful people in my life I'm surrounded by friends that are healers or seers um, that helped me release things almost weekly at this point. Uh, it's really amazing how rapid the healing is right now on the planet. Um, so that's how, how I've been prepared. People... But I will tell you. Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I'll, I'll ask after. Well, I, I, I will tell you, the, the night of the election, and I voted, you know, I voted my consciousness and my heart in the election, but I don't get to um, – I guess I don't have a life right now that's too controlled by politics. And so I, I don't get super in, you know, into the, the ins and outs of all the political exchange that, that's going on in the world, uh, usually in, in my life. And so when the election happened, you know, I, I faced it just like any other election of like who, whoever it is, I'm sure it's who it's meant to be and we'll go on. But when I watched the election that night and watched you know, as as they were announcing Trump was, was going to win president, there was this wave of emotion that came over me that really stunned me. I actually felt anxiety, which I'm not a very anxious person at all. I'm very go with the flow kind of person. I felt this wave of anxiety. My chest tightened up. I, I felt sad. I was I was crying and I didn't even know why. I was extremely overwhelmed. And I heard in my mind that you know, what I've been preparing for all of this time was for this moment. It was like a tsunami was coming, and I, uh, and, and I was being told, you know, this is what you've been prepared for. So there, mm-hmm. I, I know that sounds strange, but there was this moment um, that I felt like something really big is about to change in a big way on this planet. And sure enough, by the next morning, I had over 25 messages and emails and texts from people just beside themselves um, for all different reasons, upset, anxious, angry, sad, for all different reasons. And the same with the Women's March and 
and the same with, uh, you know, a lot of the things, the, the refugee uh, ban right now, everything that's going on is, is hitting people in different areas for different reasons. Um, so I, I believe my, you know, my own life has just been about expanding the capacity to hold all that and to see it clearly. Yeah. Well, and it sounds like most people who are fairly – I don't know if I, I want to put this well, but I don't know if I can, but who are fairly like conscious and just aware of um, things going on internally and, and are able mm-hmm. to kind of respond to things externally. Like I just, I just feel like it's hard to pin um, one, one emotion on one thing. Like there's just so much. I'm wondering how, how are your sessions? Like, are you just, is it is it impossible to work through one thing at a time? I mean, can you work through one thing at a time, or is it just kind of all over the place right now? Because that's how it feels internally for me, is I'm fairly clear most of the time, but right now I'm like, I don't know where to pin this down, but there's a whole yeah. lot of emotion. Yeah. You know, even before the turmoil of the planet of what we're in right now, um, people have always come to me and said, oh, I don't know where to begin. You know, we're, we're going to need six hours for this session because I have so many things. <laughs> I, and I always just smile because we think, you know, I think it is A Course in Miracles that says, it says you think you have all these problems, but you really only have one. And that is the illusion that you're separate from God, meaning the illusion that, that you're separate from love, that love is being withheld from you. So we can voice it in whatever area of life we want to voice it. We can voice it through whatever emotion is coming through at the time. The truth is there's only one thing to work on. And so, no, I do not find my sessions all over the place, and there's not so many things we can't get to it. We, we get to the heart of the matter really quickly. And mm-hmm. um, people tend to feel a, a deep wave of peace over them by the end because it, it isn't all these things. I think that's what makes us so you know, gets us so overwhelmed and anxious, right? I probably, I'm probably going along with other people who are listening, where that's just so nice mm-hmm. to hear that it's not all these but other things. But in reality. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right, right. But, but what does that look like, um, you know, going into it and resolving this one problem that you're disconnected from your source you're disconnected from god what does that look like especially i don't know if you want to highlight what that looks like as far as somebody who's come in who's really angry like what does that look like well i don't know if that's a complex question but yeah if we're going to use if we're going to use anger um to kind of anchor off of you know at the core of every lower vibrational emotion is fear so sometimes when we kind of go deeper than the anger and just say, well, what are you most scared of? It usually gets really simple really quick, you know? And I think that the thing that that puts us in the illusion of being withheld from love or separate from love or, um, you know, uh, or not loved is fear, <laughs> You know, it's rather simple that there are two major emotions that, that drive uh, our choices every day. In fact, we get the free will to choose from it every day, love or fear, love or fear, love or fear. And fear just seems so real, but it actually isn't. It's this illusion that love doesn't exist. And so um, when we buy into that fear, 
again, that it, it will be the core of anger. It can be the core of sadness. It can it's certainly the core of shame, right? But sometimes when we can just address what we fear, like I said, it gets real simple and, and it, it gets much mm-hmm. easier. And what we fear sometimes may not have anything to do with what's going on in the world. <laughs> it always has to do more with our own lives, our own trajectory, our own journey, and where love has been withheld from us in the past or where it seems like that, or where we withhold love from ourselves. You know, the one thing I want to mention about anger is that it's not a negative emotion. It's not a bad emotion at all. In fact, the last few years I've spent time really studying all the emotions and channeling what the messages of each emotion is because spirit actually created us and designed the human being to have emotions so that spirit could communicate with us. Every emotion is an amazing emotion. It's a good emotion. Um, I think the thing is that as humans, a lot of us haven't learned how to process emotion or how to discern the emotion. We've also learned that maybe we need to shut down our emotion or it's not, it's not good to feel those things. So, but it's like we were born with this internal spiritual GPS system that a lot of us just aren't connected to because we're afraid. But the emotions that we have um, all come with a healing message, a, a, a loving message. And anger is one of my favorites. Anger is what I call the great transformer. Anger is that one emotion. It's kind of like the last emotion on, on the ladder, on, on the rung of the ladder of emotions that says, it cannot stay this way any longer. Something's got to change. Anger in its message says it's divine wisdom and it's clarity. So when we get to that point of anger, you know, first of all, we're being, we're, we're, we're really being um, signaled as to what we care about, which is so loving, right? Anger is showing us what we really care about. And number two, it's divine wisdom that's saying, and usually, you know, that divine wisdom, not always, but often is this idea that, it cannot stay this way any longer. Something has to change. Something has to be invented. Something new has to occur here. And the beautiful thing, this is why I love life so much in the way that we're designed, is because that change never is outside of us. We think if we got a new president, everything would be better. But I am telling you what, <laughs> whether, he, whether Trump was going to be president of the United States or not, this kind of awakening was going to happen on the planet no matter what. And, in, and, you know, in order for a great awakening to occur, it always gets started with a great disruption. Disruption well, but of is course. the way into <laughs> awakening, right? Whenever you've had the yeah. worst time of your life or the worst breakup or the, or the worst failure or, or the worst rejection, there's something in you eventually that you shift, that you say, I'm never going to do that again, <laughs> And, and I don't mean yeah. like, oh, I'm never going to love again or I'm never going to be in a relationship again. Not hiding from it, but saying, wow, I'm never going to hold myself at such a low self-worth ever again. Or, wow, I'm really going to work on my self-esteem so I never get in that position again. You know, this yeah. is – so what we're seeing right now is just the great disruption that's awakening, awakening us all. And not to just one issue, but the issues that lie within us. Well, I think something that is tricky for me, and I've kind of, I've kind of heard similar feelings. It's that 
the line of um, loving yourself, what, so when you're angry, loving yourself and then loving others, um, I get it so confused. Like, I just, because I want to be tolerant, like Sister Radio, for example, it's all about tolerance, but I can't let the KKK guy come on and say how he hates all these people. Like, I just couldn't in good conscience, but how do I be tolerant and be loving while being <laughs> while being angry? And I, I think that this is something a, a few people, at least in my circle, have been talking about it's such a hard line to walk, and it feels like it is a fine line to walk of, Loving, loving myself and um, loving others while you're angry and wanting the highest good for, for both. Because I think for some people, it's either one or the other. And I, I'm wondering if there's a way to do both. <laughs> yeah. That's such a great question. You know, even Oprah herself really struggled with this issue, right? I think she's talked a lot about this. And that actually was the same example where she had the KKK on her show to just be open and available to all different belief systems. And then after this show, she deeply regretted it because she realized what she did is she just gave power and voice to something that was so not in alignment with her own and the intention of her show. Mm-hmm. And I don't, and I think that that's a very self-loving um, reasoning. You know, that, that's a very self-loving that says, I know what I want to be a part of. I know what I want to shine light on. And I don't know that I want to shine light on the belief system of this group or that group, right? Where I want to shine light is is where there's peace and understanding and people who want to bridge the gap, people who don't see us against you or us against them, but people who are willing to speak in in the middle, right, Uh, of and, and speak um, very lovingly in, in terms of, of what they believe and how they feel and, and how they are at peace in their lives. And I think that, um, <clears throat> you know, tolerance is, I don't even know that we can speak about tolerance until we can tolerate ourselves, <laughs> if that makes sense. Okay. So what I mean by that is if you're having, if you have any shame, or guilt, or anger, um, self-loathing, any of that kind of stuff within you, it's going to be very difficult for you to hold that space for another when you're judging yourself, okay? So the first step is to love yourself, right? That's the greatest commandment in the Bible. It says, love your, it says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. So loving yourself comes first. And not just, ooh, I love how I think. I, lo- I, I love that I'm right. <laughs> but go into those spaces where, where you are challenged, where you do feel guilty, where you do feel um, misinformed, where, where you do feel misaligned, where you do hold hatred, where, where you, you can get charged. And go into those places and go, wow, what is this really about? What, what, why does this charge me so deeply? And usually... You know, there, there, it usually has something to do with, that's happened very personally to you in your own life. Maybe you have a history of, of um, men sexually exploiting you. Therefore, when someone goes on Twitter and, and talks about women so casually uh, in, in a sexual way, it really bothers you. You know, so, yeah. when we, so that's what the call is, is to go and do your own inner work of, of healing 
you know, those places within yourself. And, and even go so far as forgiving yourself and others. And, and I don't mean go as far as that. I mean, you do go as far as that. Because when you can forgive, then you can be tolerant. Then you can be open. Then you can be available to the rest of the world. Then you can truly want to hear what another person has to say. You don't have to agree, but that you can, you can hold space for it. And it doesn't threaten you. Does that make sense? So, but what we're basically saying is the threat lies in your own mind first. It lies in your own mind first. So we can't take, you know, if we were assaulted or molested or rejected um, because of our race or our color or, or you know, our, our womanhood or whatever, we, we can't take those unhealed places within ourselves and then be angry at other people and try and force them to understand how we feel. No one is ever going to understand how you feel if they haven't been through it. I don't care how compassionate you are. A white person in this, in this country is not truly going to be able to understand how a, an African-American person growing up in this country feels. And, and we can't pretend to. We can't. Yeah. But, but we can... We can use our own lives, our own experience where we've felt um, diminished or ignored or, you know, unequal. And we can have compassion and, and we can hold tolerance for everyone who's just the same as, as us that has come into the world with some sort of fate that set up a fractured system that set up a fractured energy body that then will spend the rest of its life becoming aware of and healing. And what I mean by that is we were all born into some sort of fate, you know, whether it was through our parents or our upbringing or the place that we lived. And it doesn't matter if you were born wealthy or poor, if you were born with the most loving, generous parents in the world, or if you were born with parents that were gone and, and absent from your life. It doesn't matter. Each one of us were born with things that we came here to overcome. And we'll find them. <laughs> we will find them. Always. What, what we're here to overcome. And everyone is here to endure and overcome. Yeah. And it, right now it feels like that's supposed to be happening collectively, like all together. Yeah. I, I don't know. Did you go to one of the women's marches? I can't remember if you did. I was in Los Angeles and at the time, um, and the march was going on, and I, I thought about it the night before, and I thought, wow, I, maybe I should be a part of that. I should really go to that. And then something inside of me said, no, go to the beach instead and, and do a day of self-healing, self-love, self-meditation. Oh, and it was so, so awesome. strong. It was so strong for me. I was like, how can I not be a part of this? This is history. I believe in, in all the things here. You know, but there's something in me that said, reserve your energy. And now I know why. After that march, I, I have been, you know, inundated with, with work and, and calls and clients and, and even my own calling to, um, you know, of some bigger things that I'm going to become a part of in healing, you know, helping heal and, and transform these conversations that are being held. So I kind of had to stay true to what my role is in all of this that day. And I, I took a couple hours and went to the ocean and, and did my own self 
my own self-reflection that day. And, and well, you know, it was it was really interesting because I I must be like the most naive person on the planet. I went there, um, mind you, like I have somewhat of a leadership role within my church community and my church is in Malibu. Mm -hmm. Like we're not very conservative. Like people show up barefoot with like, it's very (laughs) hippie. So I just like, I totally thought, and I had some friends from church who were going on the West coast um, in San Francisco and um, in LA. Mm -hmm. And so I, I really thought that there was, there was going to be like no repercussion. I didn't even think anybody would associate me with something like rioting. And I was so thrown off when all of these people within my church community who weren't a part of the march and were really against what happened at the march and and really only saw what was in the media kind of had um, so much anger that I went, like they felt betrayed, like I'm supposed to be in this position of, of leadership and kind of even as somebody wrote me a message, I thought I could trust you. And I was like, I had no idea. I had no idea at all that this was going to happen. And it was interesting because when I was there, I saw all sorts of people. And, yeah, there were some people who were really, really angry. And, like, I would never begin to assess where why they were ang- that angry I, I it's not my place but i respect that they were there and they were that angry but what was highlighted was those people and for me the experience was this collective movement of we're angry and anger is a voice of change and something does need to change and it was so peaceful like i just felt all this peace all this camaraderie and it was so strange yeah. because i went throughout that day kind of in this like wonderland of we're doing it and I went home and I was just hit down smack down with all of these messages and so it really threw me off and I just I I don't know if you can kind of speak into that of just maybe being in a position of you need to be kind of um, bipartisan and you do, mm. you see people from all different walks of life and, you know, whether it's my church community or it's my sister radio community, there's all sorts of people and how, um, how to kind of stand in your truth while also wanting to bridge that gap for other people. <laughs> well, you know, I always say God works in the paradox and what you're speaking about are two things that can't be done. You're saying, how can I be authentic and make everybody else happy as well? Oh, no. <laughs> I know. It doesn't work, does it? Right? And this, is, no. this is what the world runs off of, the shame that says you shouldn't be there. Way. You should be this way. I trusted you to be that way. And that's all shame. Shame is one of the largest epidemics of, of our world right now, of, of what you're supposed to be, who you're supposed to be, what you're supposed to care about, how you're supposed to act. And none of it is true. You know, I always call shame, it's the great falsehood, it's the great lie. It's taking the two most powerful words in, in, in the English language, but, you know, biblically as well, I am. And then you just fill in your own blank. I am not enough. I am too much for people, <laughs> Right. I am too passionate. I am not passionate enough. Like, this is all shame (laughs) when we fill in the blank that way or let other people shame us. So what's happening, 
honey, is, is that someone else has assigned more authority to you for their lives than, you know, that's going to disrupt their own peace. When I assign my authority to someone else and say, you need to be my role model or you need to act the way I need you to act so that I don't get threatened, I have assigned you way too much power. Mm-hmm. Do you see? So I, I think that, you know, you, get, you go be you. <laughs> you do what is in your heart, what, how you are intuitively led. And you know why that was the best choice for you, Isabel? is because you felt such an enormous peace doing it. You felt a oneness. You felt a wave of love. Even in anger, even with the angry people, anger is just passion. It's intensity. In fact, rage, you know, if you look under the definition of rage, it says with intense passion. Well, that's <laughs> what gets created out of intense passion, right? Change, inventions, creations, music, films, documentaries, that's where our creation comes from. So as an artist, which I know you are, as a healer, which I know you are, like that's that's part of your DNA. You, you, we can't create what we're born to create. We can't channel what we must channel if we don't allow ourselves intense passion. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's not that we become angry people and stay in anger. It's that we... We allow our anger to inform us of what we care about while we make the inner change needed, the inner change necessary. And sometimes that inner change says, I don't want to be quiet anymore. I want to stand up for my rights. Sometimes that's the inner change for someone who's had, whose voice has been silenced for way too long. Sometimes mm-hmm. that change is, you know, I'm, I'm going to stop being a mouthpiece for everybody and I'm going to just start loving myself and taking care of my own needs. Right? Neither one is right or wrong. It's about the the individual and what they are here overcoming and enduring. And that's how we can become more tolerant. To just look at people and go, Wow, what an exciting journey you're on. Wow, what a challenging challenging life you're in. Wow, what an incredible overcoming you chose for your life. You know, I just the more in awe of people I become and the difficulties they face or the, the opinions that keep them so bottled up or wired or, you know, just really, ugh, like, agitated. And, like, I just go, wow, that's quite a challenging thing to hold. God bless you. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know what's right or wrong for people. You know, and if, when you've done sessions with me in the past, you know I will never tell you what to do. <laughs> and and mm-hmm. I never tell you what's right or wrong. To me, there is no such thing. There, there's only your truth and your truth for now. You know, sometimes for me, like in dating, for instance, it'll be true. It'll be my most evolved choice to allow myself to date someone or to like uh, to, to not even date, just to go meet someone, you know, that I normally wouldn't go meet. <laughs> I normally wouldn't even let myself have the experience to go meet a stranger on New Year's Eve, for instance. But just allowing myself that, that experience is evolvement for me. But then a month later, to keep talking to that same guy who isn't really fulfilling me, isn't really meeting my needs, isn't really even available for me to pour myself into, uh, my evolved choice then is to let him go. Do you see? It's constantly changing. 
as we are constantly changing if we're growing. So um, I don't think that was you being naive at all. I think that was just you being authentic and then realizing people had a hard time with that. But that is what lies inside of them, not what lies inside of you. And so how we respond to something like that is really important. How we respond is, is just saying, you know, I, I lovingly, like I, I respect your, your view on this. And for me, I, I feel differently. In fact, I felt an enormous peace and, and love and, and this, um, this collective uh, energy of transformation that I've really wanted to be a part of for a long time. But thanks for your opinion. <laughs> yeah. Well, you and know, it's it. so funny that that um, the like two days later, I was when I wrote my blog, "How to Love When You're Angry," because I and it was yeah. funny because it. I think I said this to you. I sent you a message saying this. It. I rewrote that thing a million times because I was pissed. Yeah. I was like, I love you people. I pour into you people, even though sometimes you're crazy. <laughs> because I knew it needed to be said because when it came to me, the idea, it wasn't like my idea. And so I was like, all right, this is totally a God thing. How do I write this? Because I am so fired up. And that's when I stumbled upon your meditations on your app, the Soul Notes app, mm. and the Loving Kindness Meditation. Yeah. And it was crazy because I literally stumbled upon it. Like the app opened by accident, and I just was like, I'll just hit <laughs> listen and let something play. And it Yay. was the first thing that played. And I was just like, I've got to do this. But it was funny because, you know, the only, the only like, suggestion I had, like, to the blog, so basically I was like, I need to do this show because I don't have enough of a skill set or tools to even really discuss this topic, like, in the way that I think it needs to be discussed, which is why I reached out to you. But the one thing I said in, in that blog was the only thing I can basically say is give yourself a chance to take a breath and then, in the most loving way, let somebody know um, where you stand. And just, I, I value you, I love you, but I need to have this conversation later. Or I value you and I love you. And we're just going to have to agree to disagree. And I think that's a small step, but I think it's funny because even with that being said, and even though that's the action I took, I went on to do the loving kindness meditation. And it was amazing because it was very emotional. It was the first time Mm. I'd done a meditation in a long time where I was just one day a bucket of tears, the next day even more angry than I was the day it happened. Yeah. (laughs) And I just realized, like, this is what people are going through. They're supercharged. And even taking that initial step of I value you and, and, you know, that's, that's great. And you can walk away from that, but you still have carry all this, this anger and this energy. And it's like, sometimes you're not going to get the response that you would like. And um, how, how do you move forward with that kind of a feeling of um, whether it is anger or an upset that's you know based in fear mm-hmm. how do you move forward if you don't get the response that you wanted or things don't change as quickly as you wanted well you know that's that's the key to life isn't it to not be attached to outcome but to love yourself so fully that the outcome doesn't matter right so 
I think exactly what you said in your blog, to go take a deep breath first before you react. And basically what I hear there is to go check in with yourself first. Take care of your emotional needs first because the other person that's opposing you isn't going to take care of that emotional need for you. They're probably not going to. In fact, reacting out of anger is only going to create more anger. This is why people don't hear the words you say. You could be saying everything right. You could be completely on, on the, the highest version <laughs> of self or of truth in your words, but people aren't ever going to hear the words you say. They're going to hear the energy in which you say it. And when someone starts speaking to you very angry, right, with, with an angry energy, what happens? I mean, even if you agree with them, you immediately feel like you're either going to have to defend yourself or duck. Right? You just want out of that conversation, <laughs> even when yeah. you agree with them. So it is true. You go and you, you take care of your own anger. You know, that, that's the thing we don't get is we think people need to change in order to heal our anger. But it's not true. You, only you have the power to heal your own anger. So the, the next step then that, that I would say is, number one, um, become aware of how you feel. And the beautiful thing is you started doing those meditations. You said one day I was, I was so emotional and sad and, and weeping, and the next day I was so angry. You know, and the next day you might have felt a, a joy. And, and, you know, sometimes when people look at meditation, they go, oh, then it didn't work because you were all over the place. You're so emotional. I'm like, no, that was the meditation working because it was putting you in touch with your true emotion and allowing you to process it. Right? So the, the key to any healing, um, well, there's four steps to healing that I often teach. And it doesn't matter what modality you use, whether you're using my Soul Notes app, you're using a song, you're using me as a coach, you're, you're using uh, light therapy. Like, it doesn't matter. The four steps is, number one, to become aware of how you're feeling. Number two, to accept this is how you're feeling. And that's the hardest part for all of us. You know, a lot of us, especially when it comes to anger, a lot of us have this belief system that we shouldn't be angry. You know, sometimes we, we, we're, we're told, um, you know, we shouldn't have the feelings that we have, right? So we go, well, I shouldn't be angry at them. They're just doing what they're, what they're doing. A lot of us have this belief that, that we don't want to be an angry person, that angry, right? Like we grew up with rage in our household. So we, we grew up going, I don't ever want to be that person. I don't ever want to let my anger show. I don't ever want to have rage. But it's just, it's not even human. Yeah. Right? So, the set, or like in your case, you're saying, ah, like, I know I shouldn't be angry because I, I love these people. I pour into these people. I invest in these people's lives. But, man, I'm just so angry. But I shouldn't be because we're all in the church and, and we're all Christians. You know, I'm a Christian and I shouldn't have to do this. Right? The acceptance part is what we all need to work on. Accept that you're having this feeling. Like, embrace it. Like, think of it as your little daughter or your little, little child that's, that's, you know, comes to you so angry. You wouldn't go, you shouldn't feel that way or you wouldn't go, you know, you need to care about what others think. Like, do you really want to be acting the way you're acting right now? No, you would say, come sit on my lap. Come sit on my lap and let me hold you and tell me how you feel. And I'm not going to judge you. I'm here for you. And that's sometimes what I have to do to, to envision it when I need to, when I'm working on accepting how I'm feeling. The third step is you redirectly experience that feeling. So by you doing that meditation, it was bringing up right? It was kind of queuing up the emotion all over again. 
which is yeah. so healthy. It doesn't mean you're a mess if you're having feelings. It doesn't mean you're <laughs> having a breakdown if you're having feelings. Actually, when you oh, allow yourself God. to feel your feelings, yeah, when you allow yourself to feel them all the way through, you'll notice, you know, like how it feels after you have a, a good cry? You ever just had a good cry and then afterwards you're like, huh, I can breathe deeper. Okay, the sun is shining. Mm-hmm. And you can go on with life, right? I schedule a good cry. I schedule a cry Wednesday night, that long hot bath with a good cry. Like I actually put it in my <laughs> schedule because it feels so darn good, right? That's, I think that's where we are as a culture right now. Is we yeah. have to begin discerning how beautiful our emotions are and how they can guide us and help us and heal us. You, you, if you, I always say if you deny the feeling, you deny the healing. So for you, yeah. the acceptance part got, got hooked into, you know, how other people view you. And that will always take you out. That will always withhold you from love. But, you know, when I want my ultimate answer, I always just look at how God has shown love. The ultimate love. Mm-hmm. I think some of us use this word love. Uh, in exchange for the truth of how we're really experiencing it, which is I, I really like you as long as you like me. <laughs> or I totally accept you as long as you accept me. Or you think I'm amazing, so I like you. There's, you know, human love comes with condition. Where God's love is unconditional. And what we're here to do is, you know, they, in fact, they say enlightenment is just the unlearning of fear. Love, it already exists. We were created as loving beings. We're, we're created by the greatest love of all. Enlightenment is just the unlearning of all the other stuff. You know, a miracle, we were talking about miracles earlier. A miracle is just a shift in perception from fear to love. That's all it is. So it, mm-hmm. it does take us time to meditate. It does take that moment to just go away and take a breath and check in with yourself and go, what am I fearing? You know, maybe in that moment you were afraid that people weren't seeing you clearly. People were misunderstanding you. People didn't like you for, for what, your true, what your truth was. Well, guess what? The, best, the greatest innovators in our world, <laughs> the greatest artists and creators in our world weren't always liked. So if, if I based my trajectory of my life on other people and, and how they approved of me or didn't approve of me, I, I'd still be in Logan, Kansas, you know, probably teaching music at, at the school <laughs> where everybody liked me. I, I would never, yeah. never went and, and, and risked, took the risk to do the things that I accomplished in my life. You know? So... Yeah. I think, I think the first step is, is to, first of all, acknowledge that the fact that you have an emotion means you care about something really deeply. You know, that you care. And I think the second step is to, be, is to allow the flexibility of the willingness to see it differently. Right? To allow yourself to see those people differently when they were criticizing you. Like, huh, I wonder what they're scared of. Right? Why is it so important to them that I act how they would act? Right? When we begin thinking that way, it, it, it opens up a little, like sheds a little more light 
less on I'm being attacked and more on, wow, why do they have a need to attack? Right? More oneness. I think third is to, is to really discern what that change is, that, that inner change. Like I said, what's so beautiful about life is that the change that wants to occur is always on the inside. It doesn't require other people. Thank goodness. <laughs> right? So, and it's not just, okay, I'm just going to love them and I'm just going to act like nothing ever happened. No. That's not loving yourself. That's suppressing your emotion. Yeah. So it's just really coming to a place of peace with your own anger first. And then if they keep showing up in front of you with their opinion, then you know, okay, they want to hear something from you. Then you know, okay, the confrontation actually has a purpose too. And the confrontation might say, you know, um, it actually really, I, I felt kind of hurt when you had those ideas of me. Um, that because, and what I'd like to do is explain myself, or not explain, but, but I'd like to share my heart with you so that you can understand why I make, made the choice I did and, and how it made me feel. If you want to get to know me, I'd love to do that. Um, or, you know, just truth. And even if the person goes, oh, no, 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 I didn't, I didn't think anything, like they might avoid it or they might deny it or they might defend themselves. Either way, you know that person's going to walk away thinking about what you just brought to light for them. You know, there's another spiritual truth that says it's never our, it's never our place to tell our brother that he is wrong, even when we know he is. Oh, that's it's a hard never one. our place. <laughs> I know, love. And, and so that's, you know, it, but it's never our place. You know why? Because you don't know what's wrong for that person. You don't know what's right for that person. You don't know where God's hand is in their lives. You don't know if the biggest self-destruction that they're in is the thing that God is using to wake them up to their most loving essence of self. So we can't take away, you know, we don't want to pretend like we know where people should be and how they should be thinking and how they should be feeling. You have no idea. You have no idea. Even as a coach, when people come to me for healing, I get that intuition right away. This person needs to feel this right now. Don't take this away from them. Right? Or this person has, has overrun this feeling. It's time to heal it. I will get those messages. It's not up to me. I, I don't get to heal people just because that's my agenda and that's, that's how I feel good. Some people aren't assigned mm. to you to see it the way you see it. They need to see it the way they see it because they play a role in this life too. So the third, so the, as I said, the first step is to realize how much you care. The second step is the willingness to see it differently. The third step is to make that inner change where you come to peace with yourself that you love yourself for, for what you care about, that you love yourself enough to make that inner change, to change that perception that gives you peace. And then the fourth step is the discipline, which is the part that you said is hard. It's, it's the discipline. You know, it's that discipline to just hold your, hold your mouth shut <laughs> just a little longer while someone is expressing their view. Allow them their 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 time. Allow them, you know, that space. And then allow yourself that space to express for you. But there's ways that we can communicate it in a loving way. You know, I, 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 I'm hearing you, 
and, and I understand where you're coming from. For me, I come from a whole different place because this is the way it's affecting me. And we get to both exist. That's the beautiful part of our country, right, our, the democracy. We get to both exist with opposing views and, and be in unity at the same time, right? So what we're talking about here is how God loves us, right? God loves us with an unconditional love that nothing can separate us from ever, nothing we do. And yet there are times that we find ourselves forgetting about God, <laughs> Right? Or we beat up on ourselves or we abuse ourselves or, or we get ourselves so far out that we don't even think we deserve God or we don't even, we, we're not even worthy of love. Whether we think it's God or, or a, a, a relationship or our mother or our daughter or whatever. Mm. Right? But yet that love remains constant. At any moment we want to wake up and say, okay, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, totally offline here. I, I want to realign to love. It's possible. It's there. It's, it's completely like it was never withheld. And I think the more that I strive to be that person in this world, and, it, and it's not easy, but the more that I strive to be that, like in my personal relationships with my family, there's nothing like family that can trigger us to the deepest core, right? Oh, but to yeah. say, I, I want to be a person that when you, if you ever wake up to this idea that you want to have a relationship with me or learn about me or, or you know, hear anything I have to share or what I'm living, like, I just want to be, I want to be able to say, yes, I'm here. Forgiveness isn't even a conversation. Absolutely, I'm here. Loving. Mm-hmm. So, and I think it's the discipline. And the more that we hold that loving space with people, not abandoning ourselves, but hold that loving space for people, the, the easier it gets. Just like going to the gym is really hard the first couple of weeks. But after that, you love yourself so much that you're doing it. And you love how your body feels because you're doing it. And you love what it's doing for you because you're doing it. it this discipline becomes easier. And I'll tell you, it's just so much more effortless to love in this world, to love yourself and to just be loving with all the other struggling, suffering people out there. Just seeing them as yourself, like, oh, I remember when I felt that way. Oh, I remember that resistance. Oh, I know what it feels like to feel that, that pain. Yeah. And, and, and just hold space. And so this is where meditation, where our spiritual practice, where our healing work that's where that's why it, it matters more than ever right now because what that does is it helps us expand our capacity to hold that space it expands our knowledge of the truth that actually creates that space and it gives us the wisdom that inner wisdom that we realize nothing is threatening me here i get to be who i would desire to be in this world nothing is threatening me nothing is separating me from love but me and you realize how much power you do have. No one's taking away your power unless you give it to them. If they're taking your free choice, if they're taking your choice away from you, you feel like you can't go and be authentic anymore and speak up for the things you care about, then you've given it to them. They didn't take it. You've given it away. And I think that's what, what one beautiful gift that the president-elect is giving us right now is it's, it's stirring us up in such a disruptive way that we care enough 
to take our power back and say, I have a choice. I have a choice in how I see things, what I care about, how I love people. And the more that we take action on that choice, which we're seeing, that's, that's the protest. We're taking action in our own free will to choose. I'm telling you, that, that is what is going to hold the greatest energy in this world. That's what's going it to sounds, hold it. It sounds like to me, I kind of went into this thinking like it was like a list of steps in order to like love mm-hmm. when you're angry. <laughs> Um, yeah. It really sounds to me like this is personally and collectively really a healing opportunity, and that's what it's coming to is, um, yeah, we, we have all of these things that kind of keep us in anger and unforgiveness and shame, and I didn't realize that was kind of going to be um, what I took away from this conversation was that this was more about healing than it was about right and wrong. And because um, right. to me, it was about right and wrong. You know, and if we come from a culture where our society is a right and wrong culture. Like I spent a year in Asia and it's honor and shame and not right and wrong. And oh my gosh, did yeah. I get in so much trouble every day? Yeah. <laughs> because that's how we are is we think we need to, when we see something that's in our opinion wrong, that we have the right to be angry and then the right to um, shame it. And and I and I'm totally guilty of that. And I think that that's such an internal healing thing that we've kind of developed this culture over a period of time, and we've um, led it into our personal lives. And I just didn't realize that this was. I know that might sound kind of silly, but I didn't realize that this was like a healing opportunity. I, I'm like having like all of this, like yeah. deep inhale and exhale because it's something I can actually do. And it's something that will actually help, not just myself, but the world around me. And I'm hoping that, I'm just hoping that this is something that I don't um, need to walk up, that I don't just like say, okay, I I did my work here, I'm done. And I'm hoping that other people listening will kind of join me in this, that this will be our mission, you know, because we can't be angry forever because things do need to change. But if we heal, we can kind of accelerate this process. Um, does that sound right? Well, it sounds quite perfect, Isabel, because what we're going through right now is, is has been termed, for lack of better words, an ascension process. We're evolving as a human race. There's an evolvement happening, whether you look at it astrologically, metaphysically, spiritually, even my own pastor in, in, in one of my favorite churches in Los Angeles, 1LA, you know, he talks about, there's, there's, last year was a year of transition. This is a year of alignment. There, and it's all across the board. There's a collective um, energy which is wanting to grow, which is wanting to evolve. And so no matter how you look at it, this is happening. And when I look at an ascension process, I go, okay, what does ascension mean? Like what does that look like? Well, I look at – sometimes I, I look at scripture at the ultimate ascension process that we can actually witness and, and look at, which is the ascension of Christ being crucified. Right, But if we kept our attention on how angry we are of how wrong that might have been for him to be brutally murdered in the way he was, and if we kept our attention on how angry we are that his disciples fell asleep when he asked them to pray for him and pray for themselves, 
if we kept our anger on, on the fact that Jesus himself went to God and said, hey, if you want to change your mind <laughs> about this whole thing, I, I'm totally willing to, to turn this whole ship around. But if it's your will, I will go forward. We could stay so angry that God didn't go, okay, I love you. I love you so much. I'm not going to let you go through this. We could be so angry at that. But what we, you know, but man, our lives would be so stifled had we not let the story finish. Mm. Then there was this beautiful ascension where changed form and became a savior, right? Who who then could do have more effect and impact in our lives than he than he was as a human. And, and, it, and it changed the world. Do you see? And this is, and, and now, you know, and, and yes, some of us, even our own churches, sometimes teach us to be in shame about that. <laughs> they like steer <laughs> us into loving God more because he did all of this for us and we'll never live up to it. Like, and it's just so not true. And I think that's what's going on in the planet right now, too, honestly, is this revolution of spirituality of God. There's this God revolution going on right now. There's all these little churches and, and even not even in the churches. Pastors are leaving churches and they're doing podcasts now and, and they're going out and, and doing them in bars and they're doing them everywhere, right? Going, guys, God is so yes. much bigger than, than what we've, some of us have been taught and what we've learned and what, what we've, you know, um, received for ourselves. God is so much bigger and, and love is so much bigger. And so there is this revolution going on right now that's being led by the youth. It's being led by people your age. And it is, oh, my God, it's so exciting. You know, so there's, there's, there's transformation happening all over the place. And if we only focus on the suffering, then we're not getting the whole story. We're not getting the wholeness of life. Every, every story of ascension in, in, in mythology, whether you look at Moses, Jesus, Buddha, <laughs> you look at all of them, they have a story of suffering. There's, there's an aspect of their lives that there was suffering. But, then, but the story is about overcoming suffering. That's the point. That, that, was the, that was the purpose of their life, was about the overcoming, right? So... We so can't beautiful. overcome a world issue until we overcome it within ourselves first. Where does hatred lie within me? Where does naiveness lie within me? I'll tell you, when the Black Lives Matter movement came about and all those shootings were happening and it was on the media, I, I was in a hotel room in Los Angeles uh, during that, that one. I know it went on for months and months, but during that week that it was exceptionally heavy. And, and I just cried my eyes out for days. And it felt like my brother's. You know, it felt like my family was 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 involved in that, and and just you know, days before that, literally a week before that, I was out to lunch with with an African American friend of mine who was talking, who was complaining about his job, and he was complaining about um, how he, he, you know, he just didn't like his job anymore, and he, and he felt it was because the the principal at the school was racist against him. And he was just saying how it was just so racist and he was never going to get ahead and all this stuff because of the racism. And I remember just sitting there listening to him going, huh, I wonder if that's really it or if it's just because of his attitude or maybe it's the, one of his belief systems that's seen it that way because it surely can't be racism. Like my mind, right, from my history growing up, that, that's the last thing I think about is racism. I, yeah. I just think 
you know, no, it's an inner belief that, you know, that, that's bringing some outer experience. And I, I remember just looking at him going, huh. He's like, what, you have nothing to say? And I was like, yeah, Trina Harmon has nothing to say to this. And I, I flat out told him, I said, I guess I just can't say anything because I don't see it. I don't see what you see, this racism, this everybody against you because you're black. And, like, I don't, I'm not that way. So I don't see others that way. And, and then he, and when I told him, you know, about my experience with, with uh, growing up, you know, I, I grew up where I didn't even see a black person until I was in college, you know, like it, it and, and he just kind of looked at me with the same blank stare and we just decided to change the subject because we just I didn't see it. And then a couple of weeks later, there were all these shootings and I'm standing in a church with predominantly black people and I'm just holding them, holding strangers in my arms that are just wailing and crying and grieving. Mm-hmm. A young boy was in my ear just going, we got this, we got this, and we're just hugging. And it was the most powerful moment of my life. But what mm-hmm. I learned in that moment about myself is that what I thought I didn't see, I, I really didn't see. And, and there's no way I can understand the history from which the pain and the brokenness in which that comes from. But, but now I can't live in this world anymore and go, I just don't see it. After watching those, those, you know, witnessing those shootings, I, I, can't, I can't stand back anymore and go, I just don't see it. Sorry. I, I, that's just not my experience. Like, all of a sudden, it was my experience. I could see it, and I can't avoid it any longer. And so I, I played my part in that, that day, and I held people in my arms. And that's, that's what I mean by there's, there's inner evolvement, there's inner truths that are getting shaken up within us that if we're just willing to see it instead of saying oh I've got it all figured out <laughs> nobody threatened me of the way that I've controlled my life to be so when we open ourselves up to to being better to seeing it differently to yeah. expanding our views and our compassion your life changes and when you change the world changes Right? And I think that's why we're all doing it on a collective level right now. Because the more more of us who are healing and changing within, the more we're going to see this planet transform. This planet wasn't going to transform because we got the right president. We can't assign our authority over to one person like that. Nope. Well, right? it's really powerful. I'm. Did I cut you off? Were you going to say something else? I'm sorry. Nope. That was it. That was oh, it. my gosh. I just feel, I hope everyone else is as excited as I am. I've got, like, that, like, little flutter, flutter in my throat and in my, in my stomach. I'm so excited because I feel like Great. we can really do this. And um, I'm honored that I, I could talk to you forever and ever and ever about all of this. And um, I'm just so honored that you came on Sister Radio to share your heart and share your insight because I think what we need more than ever is just people to help guide us out of this. And I just think you happen to be one of those people. You are here for this this moment in time and in history, and thank God for that. <laughs> so um, I'm so grateful for you, you, Trina. Thank you, Isabel. Thank you for creating a platform that someone like me can come on and, and, and share this. And listen, this, this is the last thing I want to say is, you know, I, I, I'm certainly not, not here to help guide people out of this. I, I'm here to help people, you know, guide people into this. 
into this uh, bigger, expansive way of living, right? And we're going to use the disruption that's, that's happening right now within all of us to, to go more in to it, lean more into it rather than get out of it. I think that is the point. But the, the last point that I want to make is, is the passion. You know, when I was saying that anger is, is intense passion, it's what it is. And sometimes it's too much for one person. It's too much to go after someone on Facebook and go, here's where you're wrong and this is where I'm right. You know, it's just too much. It's too intense, right? So every day I see people on Facebook going, I'm getting off of Facebook. I can't take this anymore, right? And it's just sad because it's where we can all kind of collectively connect with each other. But um, the the beautiful thing about, and what you have done, Isabel, which I admire greatly, is that if we can take that passion that arises within us through anger, sometimes one person, you know, just can't contain it all. But what we need is, is a bigger container. What we need to, to release that is a bigger audience. So all the artists in the world, all the healers in the world, all the inventors, all the visionaries, all the illuminators, all the light workers, now is a time that you're being called to bring forth what is coming up within you and put it out into the world like you did, Isabel. You wrote a blog you know, you, you put it out into a bigger audience, into a bigger canvas where, where people, and, and I read your blog and it was beautiful. I, I, and you know what was so beautiful is you said, I don't know the answer. This is what I'm doing. <laughs> right? But people are more affected by that than someone that comes in and says, here's the answer. This is the right way. This is what you should do. People are so much more impacted by someone that says, here's how I'm living. You get to choose your own. Here's what I don't know. This is where we all need to help each other. You know, that, that's, but that passion getting released on that bigger scale. So whether you're, you're moved to write a blog or do a video or, um, you know, start a march or, or write a song or create a documentary. Do you see what's happening in the world right now? It's giving people necessity to, to really, um, to, to really, rise up in their artist selves and their and their visionary selves and that's what's going to make our planet you know so much more aware and 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 evolved and and in love because of all the creation that's going to happen through this that's what's happening this is a portal to such higher evolved creation than we've had you know how many years have you heard people say oh i just can't even listen to radio it's so meaningless well, I feel that's about to change. Yeah. So it's about to change yeah. in a big way. And hallelujah. <laughs> we need it. Right? <laughs> we so need I'm it. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for continuing to, to go on radio, to do the blogs, to put yourself out there the way that you have, uh, to travel the world and share what you have. You know, you're, you're finding bigger containers for, for this passion uh, that is uniquely yours. And oh so I just encourage gosh. everyone to do that. Yes, yes, yes. And I just um I'm just gonna agree and say yes and amen. <laughs> <laughs> agree and receive. That's it. Yes. It's so good. And just everybody listening, you can get um Trina's app Soul Notes on iTunes and on Android too, right? Yes. 
Yep. Okay. Um, Everywhere. And then just go to trinaharman.com and you can get all the information possible on you. <laughs> Actually, I want to say your site is amazing. Oh, thank you. I just redid it with this amazing oh, designer, beautiful. Hannah. Hannah Michelle Weeks. Yeah. She did an, an awesome job and it was so fun redoing all of that. Um, yeah. So definitely go to my site and get on my Facebook and on my Instagram. I share a lot of blogs and writings and, and thoughts and, and uh, love every day. So definitely get on there so and say good. hello to me. Yeah. Yes. Thank you again, Trina. I love you so much. <laughs> I love you too, dear. Thank you. Thanks for everything you're doing. Of course, we'll have to get you back on again. Okay. Sounds good. Anytime. All right. Love you, Trina. Love you, too. Bye. Bye. And you've been listening to Sister Radio. How awesome is Trina Harmon? I can't. I'm gushing. I'm like cloud nine. What an honor to have her. Um and so I'm just going to end the show, How to Love with your, When You're Angry, with one of my favorite songs, Love the OJs. You've been listening to Sister Radio. <laughs>